0: Hi, this is Chelsea.
1: This is Michael, and we are Coffee with Creators.
0: Come sit with us and let's talk about content creation and all things creative.
1: So, welcome to our scrappy little podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Coffee with Creators podcast, and I am your host, Michael. I am a full time content creator who's been doing this for about two years now. Well, the podcasting bit, almost two years, and content creation. I'd say about three years now, so uh, that's a quick introduction just in case you this is your first time listening to this podcast, and if it is your first time listening to this podcast, welcome. I hope you stay. So my co-host today, uh, my co-host Chelsea is actually not here with us today because she is still on vacation, but it's not going to be a lonely podcast because I have a special guest with me, and my special guest is a... Um, what do you call it? Like a reoccurring guest? <laughs> Wait, yeah, this is... I like that. Okay, okay yeah, yeah. yeah. So his second appearance in this, uh, in this scrappy little podcast. So my special guest today is Yi, the founder and CEO of Some Products. Welcome, Yi. Thank you for
0: having me, Michael. It's great to be back as a recurring guest. And, uh, you know, we'll see how this goes. Maybe I'll be back more often. More. more often. Yeah,
1: that'll be fun. That'll be fun. So to give you guys a little bit of context, Yi and I uh, have known each other for maybe two years now, I think. About Has two years. Has it only been two years? It feels like it's been longer than that. It feels like it's been We've done a couple of projects, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Yi and I actually chat quite a bit. And um, it's a pretty cool um, relationship, you know? Yes, I I'd, yes. I'd call it a really cool relationship just because uh, it started off with um, – with me starting off creating you know, creating my first few videos on YouTube. And then yeah. yeah. And then I remember I had no intentions of ever creating reviews of products or anything like that. It was just one of those things that you know I wanted to try, but had no idea. Had no idea what to do, where to go. And then this this company uh guess what emailed me and it's called some products and they're like hey you know we have a product that we we would like you to try out and see you know what happens and I'm like cool this is like the first product review that I can actually you know do so try my hand in basically
0: Yeah, yeah I mean it was it was definitely something where it, it you know it started off purely purely transactional right yeah. hey <laughs> we need people to help us on this campaign so you know my you know my employee who's you know in charge of the campaign is reaching out to influencers left and right, and you know trying to find the best fit, and you know income's Michael and I think the reason we touched base was actually because i I have this need to want to understand who it is that's working with me, who it is that's you know representing our product, reviewing it, and you know i I think I had uh had my colleague essentially set up a call with you, Michael. Yeah, it was uh, right? one of the it,
1: weirdest things. <laughs> yeah,
0: it was just it was a call. It was like, it was basically a founder call with, you know, with what what essentially you would be is like a like a either a viewer or a customer, right? But just someone is like, hey, let's just have an open dialogue. Let's just I want to yeah. get to know you, yeah. and uh, I mean, it was a it was a good call. I think we we spoke for probably an hour initially.
1: Yeah, it was actually really good. So we hit it off like right away. But the funny thing, I don't know if you remember this, but during this time, this was pre pandemic. So FaceTime or Zoom calls weren't really normal yet, so it was a very new thing for me. Oh, so maybe for you, it was it? Yeah. Wait, that's
0: true. Well, okay. Yeah. Granted, like I'm on Zoom all day for calls and whatnot, but that, yeah, you make a good, you make a very
1: fair point. It's it was yeah. it was not the norm. Uh, no, it was not at all. That's why I'm like, who am I? Who who is this guy? And I was <laughs> it's so funny. I was picturing like this this older gentleman wearing like a suit and tie and this this guy in a t-shirt this <laughs> child
0: this child shows up on zoom right and it's like hi like, who is this guy?
1: <laughs> but then the moment he spoke the moment you started started talking like i could tell from the get-go like he is a smart person you know what i mean like you could you i i could just tell like okay this guy knows what he's talking about so let me listen like, i could learn a couple of things from this guy for sure and then yeah we chatted for about an hour Basically, no. just getting to know each other, and you did say that you mentioned that you wanted to get to know people who you work with. Basically, and that that was the purpose of the call. And to be honest with you, I don't even remember how it it snowballed into other things. But I basically, know. we we both ended up doing multiple projects since then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think I remember. I think you invited me to your your um, office in LA. Oh wait, I think. Didn't we? Did we
0: meet at CS first, or did we meet because you came to visit me in LA first? I think that's. I
1: think. I think we went. I I met you in LA first because you were in the Bay Area the first time I met you. And then I you, I you took you. Into LA.
0: I took you on a drive to meet a client, a potential client. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's right, when yeah. I was. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. So I mean, for <laughs> to, to provide some context, uh, you know, they're pre-pandemic. Some and or the goal of some was, you know, obviously we got to push out units and one of the biggest avenues that we wanted to push awareness and sales and marketing was through hospitality brands and what this manifested in was essentially, you know, our our team reaching out like mad to any high-end hotel or boutique hotel that existed uh, in, you know, throughout the U.S. really, but in this case in L.A., and you know Michael happened to come up for a day, and I was like, "Hey, Michael, come with me to do this." Essentially, what is a sales call? Uh, and it yeah. was fun. I mean, we got to hang out. Like, he, you know, Michael got to meet my team, and uh, I, I, you know, I take a lot of pride in the fact that you know I think our our little team is—they're very fun. They're like very, very nice individuals. Yeah. Very just like heartwarming. Like these are just like great people who. You know, they work hard and everyone gets along and everyone looks out for each other. Everyone, like, really puts in a lot of effort because it's a startup. And so yeah. everyone is doing a lot more than what their actual title uh, encompasses. But they do mm-hmm. a great job, right? Did, just did a fantastic job. Uh, Absolutely. everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's one of the things that I appreciate about smaller companies or startups is because you can see the passion behind it. And definitely the people that you were working with uh, when I first met you – I could tell that they were excited. I could tell that they enjoyed what they were doing. There was, there was just a different energy. It didn't feel like someone just showing up because they have to. So no. it was, they were, they were very engaging. You know what I mean? When you're you're having conversations talking about whatever it is that you're working, you guys are working on. And yes, I do remember you took me along for that drive. And I remember, this is, this is a funny story because you're like, let's meet up in LA, right? Like we're meeting up for the first time. And you know what I did, ye? I dressed up, remember? Yeah, (laughs) you dressed up, you totally did. did. Uh. And then ye's wearing a t-shirt. Or no, not a (laughs) t-shirt, a sweater. A sweater and jeans. And I'm like, uh, I feel embarrassed. I feel like I'm slightly overdressed. And then you're like, nah, dude, you look good. You look sharp. You do look good. And I'm like, right. You, You
0: did. You you look sharp. You look great. You know, that's like kudos to you for dressing dressing
1: well. It's so uh, funny though. It's just so. It's just so funny trying to turn and look back. Me imagining meeting this like this CEO, you know this this guy, and it's like it's you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, it's you. That's <laughs> not a dig on you. It's just completely unexpected, which is which is funny because that that kind of that ha- basically that's how that's how our friendship started. You know, from no, from that definitely, point. Definitely. Yeah. So I uh, think that was super. Sorry, ben- I just. Benef-
0: I just- uh-huh. I just want to say, I remember the fact that you came and I cooked lunch for you. You did? You remember that? I made you an amazing medium rare ribeye steak served with yes. fresh chimichurri sauce. And it was, I recall, it was phenomenal. And I was like, it damn. It was good, yeah. I am serving ma- a top-notch meal to Michael on this first <laughs> meeting.
1: That's why. That's why we were joking that night, right, before I left. And one of your employees was telling me that you think your wife is going to believe you when you say, (laughs) oh, I had dinner with the CEO of this company and he cooked me a a, um, lunch. And I'm like, no, probably not. She's going to be like, who is this guy again? And where did you meet him? I'm online. And honestly, she's still kind of like that because she still hasn't met me. And yet we talk so so much. I know, I know <laughs> yeah. it's hilarious, but yeah, so that's i I'd say that's a good representation of how, of our relationship, Yi and I, and um, yeah, basically we started doing that. We, I mean, we started from working together and then yeah. it evolved into like, uh, you know, this type of friendship. And then it was just like, we started just chatting and, you know, sometimes I would get on a call with Yi or, or just chat with him about, and it was, it's mostly about like brainstorming stuff, right? It's, it's really no. cool to see, um, a brand's perspective on things and you know obviously i'm also sharing my perspective and that's why we had ye um guests in the podcast uh, a while back just to share that 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 insight and then um i think shortly after that that's when we started to go to uh, or that's when you invited me over to ces for yeah, the first I, time i
0: think so and that was that was the second time we actually met up uh and i mean so this is this is the interesting part because i at that point i'd been to ces I think that was probably like my 3rd year attending and for you it was your first time. Uh and this is and this is where it gets interesting because it's very fun and enjoyable and also in some ways it's very sobering to see someone's first time at CES and to see that like cherry get popped uh because it is a ride. It is a complete it's ride. Crazy. Uh it's and it's like I I think you know it'd be fun to share our experiences about what CES was like. Uh, In terms of our expectations of going there uh, and then seeing it and then walking away from CES to be like, okay, how did it stack up to my expectations? You know, how do I feel about it?
1: Right. Right. Yeah. It's Yeah. I'd love I'd love to talk about that because I don't think I've ever really talked about it unless, you know, aside from just chatting with you. Because I don't think anyone else can really, or, you know, frankly, I don't think anyone else is interested to hear about that unless you're like a tech guy or you're in the tech field, you know, content content creation-wise. But yes, uh, the reason why you and I started talking about CES is because we actually started uh, getting the emails, right? Like for this coming CES in January. And we were talking like, okay, are you going? Um, And it's a pretty cool, it's a very, very cool event. Definitely nothing like I've ever seen before. And so the first time I went there, I was so scared because I was just like, okay, I'm driving to, to Las Vegas by myself. This was like 4 o'clock or 3 in the morning, I think, I left San Diego. You were and sick too. I was sick. <laughs> yeah. I was sick. Like I did not feel well at all. So maybe like not even halfway, like a quarter of the way I actually stopped. Oh, this is a funny side note. But um, I stopped in, in a, in a, a, at a gas station maybe around – yeah, this was like around 4 o'clock in the morning – And I decided that I was going to take a nap, like a short nap, like maybe 15 minutes. And then I was just sleeping. I heard this explosion. I'm not even kidding. An explosion. Yeah. Like it rocked everything. And I was just like, holy smokes. Yeah. And I thought I was dreaming. And I got up. I shot up. And I looked outside. And so I can see the freeway from where I was parked. Right. And there was a semi truck that was on fire. Oh, my gosh. I kid kid you not. It was so random. But everyone from the gas station, you know, early hours obviously there's not too many people. Yeah. But I guess that truck caught fire or something, and something exploded. But that got me up, and I started I was driving. Say, yeah. Did it, <laughs> yeah. Did it scare you started, awake? I just started driving. Yeah. I was fine from that point on. Oh my god, <laughs> so, yeah. that's insane. It was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. And then so I get to CES, and I was expecting. I was not kidding. I was expecting it to be like one big building with. um. You know, it's just like a convention, right? Like, uh, no. with people, people with boots and stuff like that. It wasn't like that. It was overwhelming. It was, I think, the first few hours that I spent walking around. I'm like, okay, I think I I absorbed everything about CES at this point. And then I finally, because we met like towards the end of the day.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: then you're like, oh yeah, we're at this section of the convention. And I'm like, where's that? And he's like, it's in the different building. And then. I realized that you have to take a bus yeah. to get there. I mean, and and so it's this, a
0: whole little district of CES, right? It's not yes. just like one building.
1: Yes. So yeah. the area that I was basically walking around in the first few hours was a tiny part of CES. <laughs> yeah, it exactly. It's part. like, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So it's cool from my perspective, though, coming from, you know, someone who creates content that that always touches on uh, frequently frequently touches on tech and innovation and stuff like that, um, it's overwhelming. Wait, I yeah. feel like
0: we should give some context to the listeners. For those of you okay. who don't know what CES is, because it's totally you're, possible. You're right. Right, I realize we've been talking about this topic for like the past yeah. like five minutes. We have not even mentioned what CES is. So CES <laughs> is the Consumer Electronics Show. It's the biggest consumer electronics show in the world, and it's hosted by the CTA, which is the consumer technology association. And so they host CES in Vegas. They also host it in China, I believe. Uh and it's it is really a monstrous event because every single uh tech company and tech brand and manufacturer that that is involved in this industry, they want to show up, right? This is the yes. event to be in. And it happens yes. same time every year, first week of January. Uh and so this is what Michael is walking into. This is what I was walking into the first time I I went. And I mean, I mean, and for me, I had been dreaming about attending CES since I was a kid. You know, I, I'd be reading all the articles and the reviews about, hey, what's new at CES, and like, you know, what's come out and what's crazy. Because what you read on the web is an extremely filtered down version of what yes. CES has to offer. Yeah, and, and it's hard to emphasize just how filtered
1: down that is. Right. It's crazy, yeah. It's crazy, and I think you know from what I was not expecting. Ye from CES is I thought it was going to be everything's going to be super polished, like in in a way, in a sense that every product that you see is going to be the final iteration of whatever that product is. Right, but not necessarily. It's also a chance, and correct me if I'm wrong, ye, but this is also a chance for a lot of startups to actually attract investors in oh, some of their product, completely. products. Completely right, completely. Yeah. It is a
0: chance. So i mean to your point this is actually this is this is great it's kind of like a little bit tidbit of information uh where michael was attending where he was walking around that is what we consider the main exhibition hall and that's totally fine those are for established companies or essentially it doesn't have to be established but companies that are willing to foot the bill for a lot a lot of money to have space inside the the main like uh, las vegas convention center however where I was, you know, our company, some products, we qualified as a startup, which meant that we were in the, the SANS Expo Center. And this is where all the startups are. You, everyone has the same size booth. Everyone's equal on the same level playing field. And it's up to you to draw the interest of passerbys. And it's a chance not to just raise funds and get awareness, but it's also a chance to uh, network with distributors, retailers, uh, interested buyers, all of these things. Right? And so people are walking around CS with your, with your name badges and it says on their name badge, like, are you are you media? Are you a buyer? Are you part of a company? Are you like it just it tells you. And so you can kind of like scout out uh, people who walk by. And and so it's a this very different vibe.
1: Yeah. yeah, and this is also why actually CES is not open to the general public, because there's a purpose yeah. for it. It's not just hey, look at our products and all the cool stuff that we do. You know what I mean? It's it's exactly that to to showcase what they can do and attract investors or you know just network. So it's an actual, um, it's for the industry basically. So when I when I walked <laughs> yeah, into the main exactly yeah ex- yeah when I walked into the main exhibit hall, I was just like. Okay, I'm not I'm not ready to process everything, but I'm going to try cuz remember Google, Google didn't even dis- they decided not to be in the exhibit hall. They decided to put up their own building outside. Remember? Like the Yeah, like they have I a mean that's slide. <laughs>
0: That's Google. That's Google though, right? Google, okay. Yeah. So like uh, Michael brings up a great point. There are certain tropes or like certain things you could expect every year from CES. One, is that Google is too cool for school. And instead of being inside <laughs> an exhibition hall, they built their own structure and a parking Oops. lot outside the exhibition hall. And it's insane, right? Like yeah. I think one of the, one of the years uh, I attended, Michael, it, was, it wasn't the year that you went, but they had a little, like, uh, a little like train amusement park ride that went into like a tunnel inside a building. And they had like <laughs> all these like, it was just like this whole like random Google exhibit. But at the end, you got a free Google, Google mini, Right? Google Home Mini. And oh, like, everyone really? just got one. Yeah, at the end of the ride, everyone just got one. Uh and I mean things like that where it's like Google is so outrageous. And another it's consistent crazy. one is BNW. B and W always has this, you know, insane exhibit. Usually it's like some like M car drifting around the parking lot and then like some SUV going up a really steep ramp, right? Trying to show yeah. off the X seven or what whatnot. Yeah. Uh, and then the other trope is Apple never shows up because Apple is Apple. Right?
1: Oh, that's true. They never... Yeah. They are... Yeah, I'm... Yeah, they, I they never show sure up because that.
0: Apple Apple has their own keynotes and whatnot, and they have WWDC, so they're like, hey, we're, we don't need to be here. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the, the last one would be Samsung and LG spend a crap ton of money oh my God, building have huge best. exhibits inside you know, the convention center, and yeah. you're just like, I don't know why you do this. We all know you make TVs, right? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I, I, we already know what you do. Uh, but see, that's but, a,
1: that's... Yeah, actually, yeah. that's what makes it really interesting. Actually, to your point, like this, from my personal uh, experience, and that was just that one time that I went to CES because the last year it was virtual and that yeah. sucked. That wasn't yes. good at all. That was a shit. You story. have uh, to uh, be crapstorm. Can you? Yeah. Is cursing allowed on this podcast? That's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I'll allow it. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, LG and Samsung—they really spend a lot of time and money and energy, a lot of effort to basically make their exhibits it's not even an exhibit at this point they, it's like they have their own mini warehouse it's like their own yeah. little convention inside the convention so big that they made sony feel like the new kid in town like yeah, sony's sony... booth was just like oh okay sony i see you like the biggest thing that they had was the car that they're not building remember that oh, the vision,
0: vision oh S my or gosh like that. i totally forgot sony built a car that was <laughs> yeah. not... okay so but to that point that's what makes the es fun right it's like yes when when tech companies build outrageous products that make no sense uh and Mm -hmm. for and for uh for sony like it made sense it it wasn't so much a a performance of hey we made a car it was actually showing this is what our vision for in-car entertainment looks like and to showcase that we built a car to show off like sony ui ux Right. Yes. And it was yeah. cool. It was really cool, it, and it caught everyone's attention. Everyone's like, "Wow, Sony is being Sony again." You know, yeah. making yeah.
1: making crazy things that were like, "Wow, like this is crazy." Like, what's what's going to happen? Actually, <laughs> people actually thought that they were going to compete with Tesla because their car looked good. But yeah, it looked like, fantastic. Yeah, but then they're like, "Oh no, we're not building the car." And we're like, "Ah, oh, <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> we want that." But yeah, it's 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 a cool experience because it's not just. It's not just them trying to show off like their newest TV. It yeah. really is trying to show investors and the competition, basically, how badass they are. You know what I mean? It's like, oh yeah, you think we only make TVs? Well, we yeah. also make vacuums. And LG, honestly, my favorite, actually, my favorite um, booth, if you can call it a booth, even the word exhibit doesn't feel big enough for me, um, was LG's. Because their theme for the year that I went was like, the smart home of the future and i don't actually they...
0: recall lg's booth exhibit yeah, yeah it's I...
1: huge it's like you're walking in inside a not even a mansion but just like its own little mall and yeah they have different setups of uh of the smart home like a smart home office smart home like bedroom yeah, yeah, yeah. kitchen they even had a bar like a literal like bar that you would see in a nice hotel for example and the bartender was a robot. Oh, it was, that's so cool. It's so cool. And then they had um, the closet that had the mirror that I felt like I was in an Iron Man movie. Yeah, it's like yeah. when you open, when you close the door, all these information just show up in the mirror. Like the weather, your appointments and all that. And it's it's very seamless. And if you close the door, I think you can also see what's inside the closet. Oh, so it, it's, okay. It's really yeah. cool. It's really cool. And so they had a lot of those like that—that that type of setup, and then for Samsung side, Samsung really just focused on the screen. Remember that big, like to this day, that's the biggest screen. I, they called it the wall. Yeah. Do you remember well,
0: this? So Samsung. It was was that the year when they also unveiled the frame. I don't or is know the the if frame it's this, LG.
1: Dang. No, I think no. The frame is LG. The what? The
0: the foldable yeah, frame like, is LG. Well, yeah. it's just like. One company came out with an extremely thin display, like extremely,
1: extremely oh, thin. I know what you're talking about. It's the. It's not Sony. I mean, it's not LG and it's not Samsung. It's some. It's another company. Are you that, sure it's not Samsung? Yeah, no. I, because I remember I took a video of it and I thought it was a joke because it literally was as thin as a wallpaper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they had it on glass, and you can see not glass, but like a very, very thin wall, and you can see basically you can check it, like how thin it is and you go behind the wall and I was just like, it doesn't even heat up. But when you're in front of it, it looks legit like a TV, like a nice LED TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What LG had was the roll-up TV. Remember that? The one that rolls yeah, up. Yeah, okay. So it's, it's so, like... Yeah, it, yeah,
0: I, I recall yeah. the roll-up one. Actually, now I think about it, I wonder if that year they also had the transparent TVs.
1: That's it. That, actually, yes. That's, uh, that's from the... No, it's not from the same company, but I know what you're talking about. Like, it's transparent, and then you turn it on. It was a, it's it was like, a,
0: Chinese, it was a Chinese brand. Yeah, it's like yeah, you, can, you yeah. can turn it on, and you can still somehow see through the TV. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I, remember I was like, crazy. dang. Like this is, I mean, at some point, it's just, you know, Chinese companies flexing their, their R&D, uh, and it's so it's very cool impressive. to watch.
1: Yeah. It's very impressive. Nintendo had a wall. Their wall was like um, an interactive wall. So it's like, remember that video that you showed me from TikTok? The girl that had that made that that laser show, oh, whatever it is. Oh, the projection the mapping. Projection mapping pro- yeah, onto projection a wall. Mapping. Where you exactly. get, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nintendo had that. And then I think it was Ooh. It, basically all the companies that you could think of, except for Apple. You know? Except for Apple. Out Actually, there. Actually, hold choke, on. Choke it. Uh uh-huh. except for Apple and I don't know if Microsoft
0: showed up either. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Microsoft I, wasn't there. Yeah. I don't think Microsoft I think they're taking a page out of, out of uh, Apple's playbook, and I believe they just kind of retracted their, their normal participation. It's like, hey, we're not going to do
1: that. We're going to have our own like, little, little thing. It'd be so fun, though, to see them there. You know what I mean? Like, I get it from a brand's perspective, like why yeah. they want to do their own thing. It would be so fun to see them. I mean, for crying out loud, uh, Canon and Nikon were right next to each other. And they were like trying to just one-up each other in (laughs) terms of like, yeah, it's really cool. It's just like, yeah, this is awesome. And that was, and again, this is just the main hall, right? This is the main hall. And I think uh, if I took, I I know, I remember I took a bus to get to where you guys were. And I took another bus to get where drones and robotics were. And there's another ah, yes. section where all the cars were. So that's just like to give you guys an idea of the scale of this thing. Like, it's humongous. So, Yi, I want you to share what your impressions are or your experiences experiences like as a brand attending CES. Like, I don't know. what, oh, okay. what What's yeah. your takeaway from that? So, I mean,
0: this is a the experience as a brand is very, very different as an experience uh, or from the experience as a, just a regular visitor. Right. And like, I think we can go back to what was my first impression of CES. And I mean, I want to, I want to hear your like more of your first impression, but like I said earlier, I was, I I was really hyped. I was really excited to go attend CES. It's something I, again, I dreamt about for so many years and I finally got to go. And this this all stems from the fact that like I was born and raised in the world of tech, and what that <laughs> that sounds a little dramatic, but I was <laughs> literally born in the world of tech. Uh, quick background: my parents they were in manufacturing; they made transformers for different electrical applications. And uh, you know when they, when they first started, they they were involved in like the panel industry. So LG and Samsung were some of their biggest uh, clients, and then they transitioned to automotive where you know, basically uh, the most famous client would be Tesla. And every Tesla on the road that uh, any of you see out there, you know, they supplied the parts for for the power supply. Uh, And that that gives you an idea of, okay, they were involved in the heart of the electronics industry. And I, being young, when that was happening, uh, had to travel with them constantly to Asia, like to China, Korea, Taiwan, uh, Hong Kong. And with all that being said, like I, Not only have I loved, you know, all the crazy electronics that, you know, Asian countries have developed over the years, uh, but also, you know, I've been in the factories. I've visited the factories. I've been to, like, the Tesla headquarters and their factory. I've I've been given a tour, like, years before, uh, even before the the Model X came out, like, during the Model S production, I I was there. And I've I've toured you know like the 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 taser factory uh, back when they worked with the taser, which is crazy, and it's just like I got a lot of insight. I was really fortunate, and one thing that i that like really sticks with me is that I appreciate how much work and how much sacrifice goes into making the electronics we love to use. Mm-hmm. You know it's there are people in China working on such low wage so that we can enjoy using these fancy you know pieces of tech. You know, and, and then we like,
1: complain that when our phones has a notch.
0: Yeah, right. It's like we we have such first world problems, and it's like you have Seriously. to appreciate where all this comes from and at what cost. You know, it's yeah. like we yeah. we are so fortunate here, and and so like it's like I being able to see witness all that growing up, I think was really really uh, fundamental to, towards shaping how my relationship with technology has formed. Right, I love it and I admire it. And I appreciate and acknowledge all the limitations that come with it as well. You know, we may think, oh, you know, Apple is doing X, Y, and Z. Like, you remember, like, when, when they took out the, uh, the aux cord, right? And yeah. like, people are up in arms about it. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, how could they? And, and whatever, whatever. And, and all I can think about is, why does every single consumer feel like they know better than Apple? Right, the the people who's like their livelihood depends on the success of the product, and you think you know better than them. Actually,
1: (laughs) I have a hot take on this, and I, you know, I was thinking about like sharing this. But what's your hot take? take. Well, this is going to be controversial, but I think I think people who want to be considered as tech influencers, I feel like they they feel that the only thing that they need to do, not the only thing, but one of the things that they need to do, is find something to complain about. Mm. And that Mm. I feel like as soon as they can find something to complain about, then they're a legitimate tech influencer. And I'm like, (laughs) why Why do you? Because all the the people that I I see on Twitter, for example, that are tech influencers, and, you know, not to say that they're not putting out good stuff, but it's constant uh, complaints about things that don't. I always, okay, for me personally, I always go with the overall user experience, right? Yeah. What how does this affect the overall usage of, of things like people, people, for crying out loud, stop complaining about the notch. <laughs> oh, my it's goodness. It's fine. It's fine. It's not a topic that we should be talking about. But yeah, that just goes back to your uh, what you were saying. You, But yeah, that was, that was just my hot take. I feel like uh, I feel like you don't have to complain about everything to be considered uh, a, a legit tech reviewer. I don't think that's necessary at all. As a matter of fact, I, I think I agree. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I think it's it's a lot because it's easy. It's easy to complain about something. It's a lot harder to try to try to um, understand the rationale.
0: That, that's so fair, so fair. And so, okay, that, that actually leads me into a really good, uh, like, basically, story of which, like, I have, in my process of developing wireless chargers, we've met with so many engineers from different companies. And uh, I mean, we've, like, either through connections or just, like, the different suppliers. And one of them, one of the people I spoke to was an engineer at Foxconn. And for those of you who don't know who, what Foxconn is, they are the manufacturer for Apple. So all the iPhones and MacBooks and whatnot—they all come from Foxconn. Apple simply purchases them from Foxconn and then resells them to us, the end consumer. And, uh, you know, when I was speaking to this engineer, you know, he revealed a lot of insight about what goes on, you know, behind the scenes. You know, what are, what is Apple thinking, right? And I mean, it kind of makes sense. Basically, like this isn't even revealing any like inside baseball, but at this point, it's just saying, listen. Apple took away the the aux, uh, the the three and a half millimeter input because they're making space for other technologies, and also they're transitioning towards a certain product roadmap. It's like yeah. it just, it's very obvious. It, yeah, it's very it, obvious. They, Apple doesn't make an iPhone, like, a year at a time and think, this is it, right? <laughs> like, this is, it's, oh, uh, we somehow got this out, and then, like, oh, sh- like, crap, what are we going to do next
1: year? Like, that's not how it works. For any any company, your product roadmap is, is not as, like, simple as that. Yeah, and, to put it in, into context, right, like, right now, as we are enjoying the iPhone 13, there's most likely an iPhone 14 already tested, 14, being tested 15, right 15, now. 15, like, 16, yeah. exactly. Like, it's, and this is for every company,
0: right? It, and so... You know there there's a there's a reason there's a rationale and it's like just just like why is there a notch there's a notch because it's probably the best way to implement those sensors without uh sacrificing you know quality so, sacrificing the quality and consistency of your sensors right like mm-hmm. you can definitely like, there are companies like mobile companies that are putting uh under under surface or like you know below the panel cameras and all the tests that i've seen of those cameras they have garbage quality Yeah. so apple is Mm -hmm. not a company that is going to add that in right they're never going to be a company that adds in a subpar component Uh, and like this is just like wireless charging like they took years before they implemented wireless charging and this is a big issue for us because we're trying to constantly predict okay is this next iphone going to have wireless charging and if it does What kind of standard are they using? How much can it receive in terms of input? All of these speculations. And at the end of the day, what we realize time and time again is that Apple will always play it safe. They're always going to have the most conservative method forward in terms of what technologies they're using because they care about reliability, consistency, dependability, all of these things that you come to expect and demand of Apple as a brand, right? That's why you're willing to
1: pay that premium. Exactly. Exactly. So it's not about the gimmicks. I mean, obviously, they still have their own gimmicks. Like, every company has their own gimmick. Yeah. But it's all about, like, everyone always makes fun of Apple saying, they used to be innovative, but now they're, they're like, oh, look, we took, out, took away your, your, your charger or your AUX uh, input. And then it's like, oh, that's innovation. Like, well, no. I mean, they're focusing on actually delivering a, um, um, uh, an experience that's actually yeah. reliable. And like you said, like enjoyable, like that's why you'll, the only thing that people always say about Apple products is the ecosystem because it is awesome. Yeah. It's an yeah. awesome ecosystem. And then, but yeah, Oh, actually you, I don't know if, um, I don't, I don't know if you use, uh, this is diving like, or I'm throwing a, a <laughs> if left. we're like going so yeah, far. Yeah. <laughs> if we're going course. so far from, from the topic, but yeah. I wanted to know like from your perspective as a brand. So I'm trying to imagine you, attending ces so your intent was basically to try to market yourself right like to to try to market some products but at the same time you're seeing all of this innovation that's happening and obviously you you also have to keep in um basically be aware of what's happening in the industry so was part of you being like okay i'm excited to be here Uh, i want to showcase this i want to sell this to people but at the same time you're like Oh shit, like I have to I have to make sure that my product is compatible with all these this new technology that's going around. Like yeah. is that that yeah, yeah, no,
0: that's that is definitely consideration. And that's that's beyond just looking at CES, right? That that goes back to us trying to predict, okay, we know that our target demographic is going to be iOS users. And if it's going to be iOS users, we need to figure out ahead of time what is the next iPhone going to have in terms of wireless charging, you know, technology. You know, again, how fast will it be? Uh, is anything going to be different about it? Do we need to worry about it? And, and actually, at that time, at, during that year when we were at CES, Apple was rumored to come out with wireless charging. However, there were two huge standards that were that were at bat, kind of like the whole like uh, HD DVD versus Blu-ray. This was yeah. th- in this case, it was Qi versus A4WP, and you could you could kind of see like the, if you if you had like a T chart. Uh, of like the the like the the strengths and weaknesses of each standard it was really compelling it, it was like it was a complete toss up about which one apple would go with because in some sense one was far superior but the other was more widely adopted and, and mm, so in this okay. case uh chi mm-hmm. which is what apple uses now was much more widely adopted but a4wp ha- still has some big backers behind it and they like the technology was So good, like in in my head still, I I wish they had gone that direction because then we would have had wireless charging that wasn't so limited. What I mean by that is I can stick the the wireless charging pad easily under my table and it could transmit through that table without any problem. Mm -hmm. I actually saw an example of it at CES uh, that that same year where a company, a Korean company was demonstrating a four WP charging technology that could reach a distance of about a meter, right? A meter above the, above the pad. And so, and they're showing us that like, and the wattage was insane. They were powering, like they were powering a whole 40 inch TV along with like a lamp and another toy all wirelessly. Dang,
1: that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. And I'm like, I cannot believe we, I had to like forego this technology because Apple, as a company, has so much influence. We just
1: had to all just like steamroll the entire industry towards <laughs> one standard. That's crazy. Yeah, that's pretty cool though. I mean, you can see how powerful a brand can get in in a sense like they they literally are directing the way people or other companies develop their products because Completely. everyone wants yeah wants to be able to serve whatever Apple is churning out, right? That, which is kind of insane for me because like, yeah, they're not the most innovative right now, but they sure are the leaders, which is crazy. Yeah, it's, it's, exactly. Like you can be a leader without
0: being innovative, right? Yeah. That, that is, that's the lesson we're being taught.
1: <laughs> remember, okay. So this is a little offshoot of um, our experience on uh, CES, but remember that one booth that we both visited and the guy I had no idea what he was selling. Remember the oh, the, the, the lamp that, that was, was the, floating? Uh,
0: that the float that mag, the magnetic uh, levitating <laughs> light bulb, right? Yeah. Again, a product that I have seen <laughs> like years before that, uh but somehow this company was like, "Hey, we have this new idea." And you were trying to ask him
1: about it, and he's like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he just yeah. Isn't, he doesn't care. <laughs> so there are I, I kind of feel bad for them because they obviously they flew all the way to the United States just to sell that, to try to showcase that product. And they had to pay some good amount of money to be in that space. And the guy that was representing them literally did not know what he was. He he kept laughing and Yi and I just started laughing because he was just like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know anything. We even asked like the very bare minimum. Okay. How can we find out more about your company? Do we have a website? And he goes, no, That's fun, but that's probably the most interesting part for me of CES. That um, where that area where you guys were, yeah, because so this we were, is where all the, yeah the startups, yeah, so, it's so cool. the, the
0: place the place where all the startups are located is called Eureka Park, and this is inside like the Sands Expo Center, uh, and it's again it is where you'll see a whole mishmash of startups in all different stages, but yeah. they do have a requirement which is you need to have a product like a like a I think a purchasable product and it cannot ha- have been launched. It like, cannot have been older than a year, essentially. So a okay. startup with a recent product and that's the requirement. And we may have fibbed a little bit about when our product <laughs> came out just so we could be there. Uh, Cause again, they're not going to check, but you know, it, it's, you, you get to see, you know, companies like that, companies that have absolutely no idea what they're doing, but at the same time, you'll see other brands where, uh like uh what's that what's that company is it moft that makes the cases like the stands yeah mm-hmm. yeah like moft was there uh and i and i believe i met the founder uh that year as oh, well Oh, really yeah, yeah a cool yeah. company yeah exactly yeah very cool um and like what's funny is that a lot of brands that will get targeted at or buy on ig uh like they were right there alongside with us in eureka park and i you know i got to meet some of the some of the founders here and there and it that, that's a fun experience because you realize that these, like, we're all small companies of varying, of varying sizes, uh, but we're all pretty passionate about, oh, you know, yeah. I designed this product. I, I love what I made and I'm excited about it. I, I'm passionate to share about how I made it and potentially just, just just connecting, getting to know each other.
1: There are people behind these companies, which is really, really cool. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yi, what do you think? Uh, what are your predictions for this CES? What do you think? Are you going? I forgot. <laughs> yeah, am I going? Am I Are going? you going? Uh, I'm registered, if that
0: means anything. Uh, okay. I, so I'm, I'm going. To see, yes. yes. Michael is going. Mm. Uh, he might bring his wife, which, is, which should be wonderful. It should be uh, interesting. <laughs> She's like, Am I going to be bored? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Honestly, it's a toss up. She could love it or she could hate it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think so. There's the thing I, I told Michael this like, the ideal time to spend at CES is honestly like a day any more than that it's just it's tiring and you see so much junk and garbage and you feel kind of defeated and that actually ties back to the fact of no. what was my first time at CES like so my first my first my first day going to CES ever I was really excited and by the time I finished that day I thought to myself wow I'm really disappointed by what it is it's not it's not the polished show that I thought it would be. And in yeah. fact, I think ninety eight percent of it is just trash. It's a lot mm-hmm. of things that you'll never will never see the light of day, products that I will never care about or interact with. And I mean that's why, you know, when we look on websites like The Verge or CNET, you know, they only report on a tiny, tiny fraction of the products because those are the only ones that are worth talking about. Yeah, given the, only ones given that the, the public scale. will be interested in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Like the scale yeah. of CES compared to what is reported on is is so different, right? It's so skewed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, and that's why, like for me, I I really don't have that much interest in attending CES. I went last year because it was virtual, and we you know we did a mm-hmm. whole live stream. The year before that, I was there because that was when we were exhibiting, I believe.
1: Yeah, that's when I met you. It was pre-COVID. There, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, it was pre-COVID. Yeah. So that's when we, mm-hmm. so we we're exhibiting that year. And then the two years before that, I went uh, purely for research to conduct research on the on the market to scope out, you know, who the competitors were. And at this point, I realized that you know, I it, it doesn't really provide me any benefit to go aside from getting my name badge that says, you know, oh, six years in a row or five years <laughs> in a row, whatever it is, you know, just to just to show off my little badge. Yeah. You know? <laughs> So, yeah, it's like aside from having that, like there's really nothing that I I find that valuable. And again, I can just look it up. I can
1: look up online what the standout products are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. From a content creator's perspective, though, I think it's very insightful to attend. Like what Yi said is completely true. I think if you are attending for the first time, honestly, my recommendation would be stick to the main hall, which is where all the big names are. Because that's where you get all the content you are going to want to share. Um, most of the other stuff you'll see are very niche. Remember those? Uh, I saw even like a company that sold fashion wear, like uh, like bags and stuff. But all their 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 products had screens on them. Because what they were showcasing what they were showcasing was the uh, foldable and rollable, or like yeah, like the malleable screens. So it's kind of crazy. It's like I'm never gonna buy something like this, but it's cool to see. Is it useful in any way? I mean, probably maybe in the future, but not right now. It's just not fashionable, you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, but most of the stuff though that you will see that you will enjoy are in the main hall. So if you are going to attend, definitely do that. And like what ye said, a day is enough. Don't try to stress over like visiting the whole thing because you will never be able to do that (laughs) because i tried it was really really hard and
0: and you'll hate yourself for even trying
1: because you'll realize wow what a
0: colossal waste of time that was
1: (laughs) yeah but you know what though um people who are in the tech space who create content around this and i know a lot of people who listen to this are um actually here's the thing how can they attend ces maybe it's a it's a good way to to try to at least explain myself how i was able to attend the first yeah, time that so, that's informative <laughs> yeah so okay so for the first to me i got lucky honestly i got lucky that i met Yi. And we hit it off, and it wasn't like an intention from the get go. Like, okay, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna snooze, or you know, what I mean, like, I- I'm going to befriend this guy so I can get into right. CES. Because at that point, I had no idea what CES was. It wasn't
0: some ulterior motive of oh, no, I'm gonna, no, not at all. The long con of I'm gonna get to know <laughs> this person, and then he's gonna get me into CES for free. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> so, uh, it's it's uh, I think so from my experience, it was because I was able to partner my, with um, a brand, which is Yee's brand. and we, they trusted me enough to be like, okay, you know we can get you in if you want to experience it and you can possibly learn more and create content using that. And so obviously they there, there was like a, um, um, an understanding that you know what whatever they, they gave me can benefit me and also later down the road might benefit them. So I say if you are able to find a company or a brand, that you work really well with, then try to see if there are avenues, if they are attending, if there's a way that they can sponsor you maybe to get there. Um, The other thing is if you can manage to grow your following, which actually I'm happy to to report that this year, because the first time I attended CES, I was just like, okay, my next goal is to be able to um, attend CES on my own accord. Not that I don't appreciate what you did, but you know what I mean? Right, right, of course. Yeah, yeah, it's nice to know that I can do it on my own. So I was able to do that. I was actually really happy because when I got the email that, you know, they're they're accepting basically registrations, and I'm like, okay, let me try this out. And they have a minimum requirement of how many followers and a social media media presence. um, I I got it. What's the minimum? I think the minimum was like uh, 30,000 followers on YouTube or 50,000. No, 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 not 50,000, because I'm still under 50,000. Or a couple of thousands on uh, Twitter. I think Twitter was a big thing for them, and YouTube versus Instagram. I remember that, because I think tech Twitter is a thing. Like, people do talk a lot about tech on Twitter. So, I basically managed to get in through my combination of Instagram and um, on YouTube. But I think, uh, yeah, I got in, and I was just like, "Oh, this is this is awesome." So now, for me, that's very uh, helpful because as a content creator, I can kind of predict my 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 direction when I'm cl- collaborating with brands, right? Because my prediction for this year, actually, this, the, the last time I attended, it was kind of the direction I was thinking, but it never happened, maybe because of COVID. But honestly, I think the next wave of like big tech products are definitely going to be smart home stuff. Like, and I'm not talking about just speakers. I'm talking about like, um, appliances and just like old people stuff like vacuum cleaners.
0: <laughs> well, okay. Just hold like, on. This is yeah. fun. I like this topic. Okay. What, how many,
1: how many smart home devices do you have? Okay. So I basically have the thermostat. Yeah. The camera, mm-hmm. um, speakers. Mm hmm. Do I include tablets? No, right?
0: No, we're yeah. These are no, no, no. We're like okay. smart outlets and, or smart appliances. TV, TV. TV?
1: uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, recently, I recently got a vacuum. <laughs> That's why I inserted vacuum there because Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did get a smart vacuum, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, so those are the ones that I have in my household. So, <laughs> why, <yes>. <laughs> <laughs> so this is this
0: is a fun topic because. I I'm a huge proponent and advocate of smart home or smart home devices. My problem with it is that one the the infrastructure or the platform for like IoT applications is so fractured. You know, like when you I I am I'm a huge Apple fan, but for the life of me, it is way too pricey to get uh, Apple HomeKit certified smart devices right? It's way too expensive. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. that's why all of my home automation or smart home devices, they all live on Google, Google Home. And, you know, I've got, I won't say how many homes I've got set up for this, (laughs) uh, but it's more than one. Uh, And I I look at my, okay, let's let's take my condo, for example, right? Mm. I have a Google Home in every single room. And I don't mean every single bedroom and my living room. I mean... (laughs) This office, bathroom, office, <laughs> my bedroom, <laughs> bedroom, uh, and my master bath, my kitchen, and then my powder room. Right, I have a, even my my sound bar as another like Google Home. Technically, I yeah. have no matter where you go in my like in my. You home, have someone to talk to, <laughs> someone to talk to, someone to ask a question to, and music to play. I had some yeah. friends over, and they're like, "Dude, <laughs> this is like a restaurant." <laughs>
1: It's like a, it's like an elevator.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's like it's it's such a random thing, but it's it's so satisfying to have audio in every room. But It then is you cool, think right? It, it is, it's super cool, and it's so yeah. easy. But but then let's take a step back and think, like, what's the practicality of this, right? Like, yeah. it, what utility does it serve beyond just let allow me to play music in every room? Like, what like what can I use Google for? And this is kind of where I I start to hit a wall because I'm trying to think of what purposes or how easy it is is it for me to set up other smart devices so aside from me installing uh you know smart lights like R, like L, like rgb lights um and hooking up my tv to it like one problem i ran into is my my recessed lighting my built-in lighting in this condo uh they're not regular they're not regular bulbs and mm-hmm. so i have no choice but to actually install a smart switch right on the on the wall Mm-hmm. The problem is, I don't. They're not even standard switches. Like I've never seen these switches before <laughs> in my life, and so like I'd have to replace the entire panel along with the switches. And I'm like, this is this is so difficult. And yeah. then on top of that, at the end of the day, all I get out of it is I can say, hey, blank, you yeah. know, turn on, turn, turn on off these the lights. lights, turn on and turn off the <laughs> lights. But like again, that's not faster than me walking out my door and just turning it on or turning it off. And that that it still restricts me to. I'm simply turning on and off lights, you know. Yes. I'm not yeah. actually automating anything crazy. Like I would love to say, "Hey, hey friend, uh, yeah. you know, make me a coffee," or "Hey friend, uh, you know, like warm up my food." I can't do anything. Right. Of that. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I think, and I think that's why, um, that's where the next big push in technology is going to be. Like in a, like trying to think of ways to actually better serve us and not give us headaches, just like what you experienced, right? Because frankly speaking, I think we've reached the pinnacle of what a cell phone can do, like what a normal cell phone can do. Because at this point, all they're doing is selling us a camera, right? Like if I'm being honest. With a
0: 120 hertz screen,
1: and that's (laughs) about it. (laughs) It's like, by the way, guys, I bought a new camera. Oh yeah, I can make phone calls with it. So that's essentially what the phones are nowadays. And the same goes with TVs, right? Like TVs are so... Now it's just a contest of which one is bigger, which one is thinner. But yeah. practically speaking, how often do you move your TV, right? It's yeah. cool to have a very thin TV. It's, it's cool to have, like, whatever it is. But, yeah, it doesn't really add anything. Because what you're immersing yourself in is the experience of watching whatever show that you're watching, not necessarily the hardware itself. But although I will say that I have seen those um, – I think it was LG, the, sc- the, the, um, the frame – looks amazing as a picture frame. It it does look phenomenal. It looks amazing. I thought it was like an actual painting. And then it switched. I'm like, oh, it's a TV. (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. That was impressive. Yeah, that was impressive. So I'm curious to see what this CES is going to be like. And if you are going to be there, Yi, we definitely should meet up. Because at some point, you need to meet my wife. Because I'm really tired (laughs) of telling her that I'm meeting my friend who I met on the internet. On the internet. And cooked lunch for me. (laughs) She's like, who yeah. is this guy?
0: I'm tired of her thinking that I'm just some like internet troll that you're friends with. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am more than that label. I am more than an internet friend. <laughs> He's insulted. <laughs> I know. I can't believe she won't accept me. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah. Um, so, mm-hmm. so I just I want to wrap this topic up actually about basically about CES and smart home. It's something where I would love for this to be a focus because I think there's a lot of potential in this field and in this sector. Uh, but again, it's more about practically understanding what more can be automated, uh, and what more do I actually need automated in my home. Like this mm-hmm. is kind of like you know you can set you can set statuses for Google Home. You can say hey hey friend I'm home or hey friend <laughs> I'm leaving, and yeah. it'll it can run these sequences of automations. But even I have run into an issue where like I set up my automations for home and away. And then I set up my girlfriend's automations uh, for her apartment for Home and Away, and I swear, when if she leaves turns off all my stuff too. <laughs> right? And I, so I'm just like I'm, I'm just hanging out and it goes like bam I'm like what is going on?
1: <laughs> at least you know where she is. Oh, at least she I left. know she, I know
0: she left, right? And then she comes home. Right? It's like and then so we had for a week we were saying are you turning off my lights? Are you turning on my lights? And we we're so confused like you know what? I've turned this feature off. This is this is this is, <laughs> is so much. terrible, right? I cannot believe that it cannot distinguish between like homes and locations properly. And maybe it's me not setting up correctly, but I am decently tech savvy. And if I feel like I'm not getting to work properly just by setting it up, then there's just
1: an issue in terms of how it's managed. Right. Yeah, actually, actually it's a good point because I don't think it should be a good tech shouldn't be hard to use. It should be yeah. simple and straightforward. I think that's the, that's the, the hallmark of good technology. Right. And yeah. so, and you know, go, I don't want to go back to like the Apple whole Apple thing because Apple also has problems with sometimes simplifying things, but yes. you know, it's not about just being perfect. It's just about, about being easy to use and understand. And I think at the end of the day, if we can, if you can just say, Hey, whoever turn off the lights or don't turn it off when my girlfriend leaves and it <laughs> yeah. works, you know what I mean? Then he'll be happy. <laughs> yeah. it's like, stop, yeah. stop messing around with me. <laughs> it's hilarious. Hey, well, how do you feel about this? how do you feel about this? This you, um, attending or guesting on coffee creators, um, Every so often, would, would you be open to that? I think it would be fun to have you just are you, talk about it. Are you asking me out formally to you. Be, <laughs> I'm asking you. Well, actually, let's ask the, the audience first. Do you guys want ye back? Please don't say no. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Yeah, okay. I'll take that as a yes. I'll take that as a yes. Actually, you know what? I'll take this SAS. Oh, there you go. Yeah, uh, yeah. There it is. Yeah.
0: There it is. Yeah. That,
1: okay. Wow. Look at you with the with the audio. <laughs> with <cues>. Soundboard. Yeah, <laughs> that soundboard is killing it. <laughs> See, that's how you use technology. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. But so, yeah, yeah. I appreciate I appreciate you, ha- you being here, by the way. So I really, really appreciate that. It's it's kind of hard doing a, a podcast by myself. So thank no, you.
0: it's it's extremely fun to be here. I mean, it's I don't know if the audience can tell by now, but you know, Michael and I we really do shoot the shit a lot. Uh, Yeah, And we we spent a lot, we spent a lot of time offline chatting and this is just, I I think having this dialogue, you know, we, before this podcast, we were, we were talking to each other about, okay, what can we share today? And we realized that there's actually a lot that we can't share because there are projects that we're working on outside of this podcast, you know, because we have, we have lives. (laughs) We do have lives. Yeah. (laughs) We do have lives. And there, there are projects that we're working on that we're really excited about and we just can't share those details yet uh and you know truth be told a lot of what we talk about offline is just trying to figure out okay how do we progress how do we keep making cool things and you know for for those of you wondering you know how is it you know how do i fit in potentially into the whole idea of coffee with creators you know i I consider myself a creator just as much uh as as michael is and Mm -hmm. it's just that i'm not creating content i'm creating products i'm creating brands and you know there's a lot of overlap and the great thing about being uh being in a a role where I can create products and I have to work with other creatives to, you know, to come up with these campaign ideas and commercials and ads and all the kind of stuff. It, it just shows how much crossover there is. I, I can't do what I do without the help of people like Michael and the help of, you know, people I'm sure like the audience members who are listening because we, you know, we, we thrive off of each other. You know, we, we work together. We, like we share ideas, we share passions about, Oh, how can I share a message most effectively? Uh, and you know, I, the skills I, that I lack, you know, are the skills that people like Michael make up for. And it's an extremely fun. Cause we're, we can just like, we can brainstorm all the time about, you know, what's a fun idea or what's like the next thing that we want to work on. And it just, it just snowballs. Right. That's yeah. the similarity. Like it's yeah. the excitement about new, creating new things that just like mm-hmm. takes us off. Gets like, gets the adrenaline going, you know, keeps Michael up at night with the, like the, like the <laughs> yeah. heavy, like the, the you heavy sweats. The no. Right. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. And it's like, it's, it's all the same.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, and that's that's one of the reasons why I invite, like, uh, we have brands on the Coffee Creators as well. And so, by the way, we're, we're going to have uh, a couple of guests in the future. It's going to be exciting. Um, but, yeah, because I consider them, just like what you said, as creators themselves. They are creators. Like, literally, I think everyone is at some, at, in, in some way is a creator, right? It's just a different, we have our own. Lanes, and so for me, it's on social media, video, whatever. Yi is in products and services, and whatever else that he's working on right now. So it's very interesting to see different um, viewpoints from these two different um, uh, industries, if you will. Right. So I think I think this is going to be fun to have you back, Yi. And if you guys have any specific questions that you want to ask someone from the brand side, I think Yi would be able to to give his insight, and that would be super yeah. cool. Super, you know, just insightful. So Definitely. I think let's do that. Let's do that. So if you guys have any questions, send them in e- either through the Coffee We Creators uh, Instagram page, which is at Coffee W Creators, or through the email, which is Coffee We Creators. Uh, podcast at gmail.com i'm so sorry because that's a long ass email but i think you know for for this episode though well i'm gonna stop there but before we end this episode i just want to share a couple things which is um as much as we love doing this coffee educators podcast it's not self-sustaining yet so we would very much love it if you could share this podcast with your friends and family so you can you can basically help support the show by doing that and um reach out to us on instagram like i said or even on the the gmail um also lastly we are now uploading episodes on youtube so this episode is going to go live on youtube soon help us reach a hundred subscribers because that way we can have a custom url because right now it's kind of hard to locate us but if you type in coffee with creators podcast you should be able to find it um i think that's pretty much it and on behalf of my co-host chelsea we thank you again for listening to the Coffee Creators podcast and hope to see you guys again soon. And that's it. Bye-bye. Bye.